0: And God is our Savior. I want to take a a minute and just share with you some things. Thank you, first of all, for uh, the invite. Pastor Stewart uh, is part of our board of directors at Rhodes Grove Camp, so we're thankful for him and for his ministry here. And I am blessed to be able to be with you here this morning. Uh, My name is Brad Mowry. I am... Uh, the executive director at Rhodes Grove Camp, and leading up to that, I had been a youth and worship pastor for 25 years, and God called me back to Rhodes Grove, to that ministry. Um, I grew up going to the camp, and I grew up working at the camp as a uh, teenager, and so for God to call me back to that, man, that was a huge, huge blessing. For me and for my family, my wife Renee and my son Joshua and my daughter Emma are here with me. Our son Thomas is visiting his grandparents in, in uh, Virginia this morning. So we're thankful for that too and that they could come with me uh, here today. I want to talk to you a little bit about Rhodes Grove. Um, we are this week starting today is wrapping up our last week of our camps for the summer. And I must say that this summer has been fantastic. And the reason that it has been fantastic is because God has been at work and God is doing great things there. And we're thankful for Silas and Angel that were with us last, just this past week. Um, I had the opportunity to speak uh, for the senior high camp last week. And I was amazed at how the Spirit of God was moving in the lives of the teens. And on Friday night, we had an opportunity for the campers and the camp staff just to share what God had been doing in their lives uh, over that week. And, man, I wish you all could have been there. Because some of the things that this younger generation said probably wasn't what we would have expected, right? We had a young lady say that she feels God telling her to start a similar type of camp in another country. That's huge. That is God calling people to ministry. And for them to be saying things like, I want to go back this school year and share my faith with my friends that I know, they don't know Jesus. That is amazing. And... I'm just going to share with you some of the things that we have. If you want to go ahead and just forward along there. Our vision at Rhodes Grove is to be on the front lines of developing Jesus followers as a Christian camp and conference center. How many of you have been to Rhodes Grove? Okay. How many of you know somebody that's been to Rhodes Grove? Okay, that's everybody, right? (laughs) Right? So we have a unique situation at Rhodes Grove. We have... And that situation is right around us, we have a lot of summer camps. And the interesting thing is all of us at the end of the day have the same goal in mind, and that is to win young people to Jesus and our communities to Jesus. We want to be on the front line of that at Rhodes Grove. Over the last year, year and a half, there's been a lot of changes. Uh, A lot of adjustments happening at the camp and God is creating a team that is going to help us move forward into the future. And we're celebrating 125 years this year of when they first started having church on the grounds. Okay, so God's not done with that. It didn't end at 125 years. It's going to continue on. So this is our mission that we have to offer Christ-centered experiences that reveal our place in God's story. The idea that the story of God is so big and that he created us to have a part in that story, that is what we want people to remember and to know as they uh, continue to come to camp and to be a part of what's happening there. Let's move on. We have a lot of different programs that happen. We're Probably when you think of Rhodes Grove Camp, you probably think of summer camps, which is true. We have summer camps, but we also offer other things as well. Um, we have a 24 seven leadership development ministry. That is for kids that are in high school and they're interested in becoming deeper uh, in their relationship with Jesus, but also uh, learning how to lead in this culture that we're living in. Uh, we have, they meet once a month during the school year, and they do a lot of different training and also just outreaches and service in the neighborhoods uh, and on our campgrounds. So if you know anybody that is in your family that might be interested in something like that, uh, please let us know. This coming spring, we're having something different. We're gonna have a, uh, if you could go back one one slide, that'd be great. We have uh, our spring elementary retreat. We want some of our little guys and gals that don't get a chance yet to come to camp to get an experience of what a day at camp would look like. Okay, so we're gonna have more information on that as we move along. We have fall young adult retreat. We are starting a new, retreat this, uh, this fall, and that's going to be held in October. On the table in the back, there's flyers about these different things. We have, the, we have these listed. We have two youth winter retreats coming up in the, in the winter, um, so good things are happening there. Uh, in March, we hired a new uh, programming director, and his name is uh, Sam Yeager, and he is doing a just a great job of coming in, hit the ground running, and he has lots of experience uh, with camping ministry, and uh, he's been doing a great job this summer, and he will be the one that leads these uh, retreats that we have. We also host our own quilting and scrapbooking retreats, okay? It's an amazing thing. If you've never been there for a weekend where they're doing that, you go into the main conference center, and it's set up with all of these sewing machines and all of these things. And I found out that some of the sewing machines, as they quilt, they actually run on Wi-Fi. I didn't know this existed, but apparently it does. And what happens is you get like 70 people in there all using their things. We had to upgrade our internet. because so, they would come and be like, "I need help. The internet shut down." But it's great, man. We have we advertise that on our website as well. We also have a ladies' tea at Christmas time, and we have an Easter brunch. Uh, this year, we'll also be doing our Christmas at the Grove. We just uh, we put up Christmas decorations and decorate the cabins and give you an opportunity to come through and see uh, what the camp looks like in in the winter, right? And uh, we also have a five station uh, live nativity that walks you through that story as we go. So that will be in December as well. And it's a great way to kick off uh, the holiday season. We want to make sure that uh, we keep Christ in the middle of that, especially during the holiday seasons, right? We want to make sure we do that. Okay. Next slide. One of the things that we're known for is our family camp uh, 2024. It's always on Memorial Day weekend. If you've ne- how many of you have been to family camp in the past? Okay. A few. I want to invite all of you to come to 2024. There's many different ways that you can do this. If you're, if you have a camper, you can uh, camp in our campground. You could stay in cabins or hotel rooms. Food service packages are available. And uh, if you can register now, that, that is open. Uh, Vicki is our uh, administrative assistant. It's just Vicki at RhodesGrove.com. You can get more information there and register uh, for that. Okay, what do we have next? How can you and your church, church support Rhodes Grove? We all know that over the last couple of years and even more, the economy's been difficult, right? We've all experienced it in our own lives, but we've experienced it at camp as well. There's many different ways to support us. One is to become a monthly donor, where each month you uh, give a donation individually or maybe as a family or a Sunday school, however you would choose to do that. We would ask that you ask four of your family members or friends to also become monthly donors if you do that, okay? Don't ask them to do it if you're not willing to do it, right? (laughs) Pay for a child to attend camp or a retreat or both. It costs about $350 to send a student to camp, okay? And so that's an opportunity as well. Make a commitment as a church to make Rhodes Grove a mission that you support through your missions commission. Um, Volunteer. We have plenty of volunteer opportunities uh, throughout the year that we will be in touch with your church about. And pray, right? Prayer is powerful and effective. Our prayers move the hands of God. So even if you can't be physically at the camp, you can pray and you can support financially. And that is a huge blessing to us. All right. Anything else on there? giving catalog we have a giving catalog that we have on our website and on the table there's a little card looks like this just like the one on the screen and this would give you an opportunity to go into our donor page and see what some of the needs are at camp like some of the specific needs Um, and so that's a good way to go if you're like i don't even know what to do or how to donate that would be the place to go. You can grab one of those on your way out today at the table. Also, if you want to be on our emailing uh, group list, you can just fill this out. It's just a little paper thing. You don't have to put your grade and birthday if you don't want to, right? Uh, But just uh, name and email would be wonderful. All right. So there's a lot of things happening at the camp. And I'm thankful that we have this connection with you and your church, and we pray that you would be blessed as you learn more about Rhodes Grove and perhaps even attend Rhodes Grove. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're just going to jump right in to our message time. God, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, that um, for the last 125 years, You have blessed Rhodes Grove Camp, and you have blessed this church for as long as it's been here. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to be uh, our provider and to be the center of this church and Rhodes Grove Camp, and that we would always, always give it back to you. We can do nothing on our own, so we thank you for all you do for us, and we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so today's message is called Family Matters. Um, I don't know about you, but when I hear Family Matters, I think of this guy. See if we, Yep, right there. Now, if you don't know, that's Steve Urkel, right? That's sort of what you think of when you hear Family Matters, very popular uh, TV show back years ago. and maybe you thought of that as well. This morning, we're not going to be talking about the Winslow family, okay? But we're going to be talking about our families a little bit this morning. Now, family's a little different than it was years ago, and that's understandable and not really a surprise because things change. Even as we sit here, things are changing all around us. And there are the only thing that is uh, sure is that things change, right? And I heard one time that the only things that like change are parking meters and babies with dirty diapers, right? So this change happens all around us and we must be able to flex with it. I'm going to give you a snapshot of myself just so that you can connect a little bit. Um, Grew up in the 70s, grew up in the In the country, although now um, developments of houses have really overtaken most of the the woods and farmland where I grew up. Um, Where I lived, it was my house, my grandparents' house, never got away with anything, okay? And then my cousins by marriage, and then across the road was a dairy farm, okay? That's the way it was at my house, and then nothing for a mile or so either way. I got a couple pictures here to go to show you some snapshots of my life growing up. Okay, the first one is this. This is a Red Rider BB gun. As a six-year-old kid that was one of my favorite Christmas gifts and I spent years every day spending hours walking in the fence rows and the fields and hunting and exploring nature. Uh, my sister was Older than me, so she was out of the house um, when I was just uh, a middle schooler, and so I spent a lot of time just out on my own. The next slide here. This is a picture of cows. I grew up. My first job was working on a dairy farm. Okay, as a as a young guy, and it developed a, a love for cows. I can't explain it, but when I see cows, I feel. Right? Ah, So good. So, here's the next one. I played baseball. Um, I began a love for baseball and sports and spent time uh, at the baseball field a lot as a kid. The next one, my grandparents, I grew up right beside them. They had a redwood swimming pool just like that. Um, That's not the exact one, but that looks that was what it looked like, and we would spend our summer times with our cousins just swimming in the pool and playing croquet and playing Clue under the big elm tree. Okay, so it was, uh, it was things that remind me of my childhood. This is a picture of the church where I grew up. This is the Mount Pleasant United Brethren Church in Chambersburg, pretty close to the, to the well, I guess you can call it still the Chambersburg Mall. I, there's not much there. Um, but we uh, we grew up there. That's where I accepted Jesus as my Savior under the the revival services of Dr. Clyde Meadows as a young man, and so it it's near and dear to my heart. And growing up there. This is a picture of my mom and dad. They just celebrated 55 years of marriage this year, and they are the ones that helped set my foundation. Uh, as a child, and we are all, whether we want to be or not, we're all part of a family, okay? We didn't really get to pick our family, right? That was God's doing, and some of you are like, why am I in my family, right? Why am I, why am I a part of this family? Well, if I were to do the same exercise as what I showed you here, and you were the one sharing about your childhood and you're growing up it would look different it, it would look different for each one of us especially if we did it like over the last you know since the year 2000 over the last 23 years we've made more technological jumps than we have in in the history of our country and so there's lots of things that would be different for all of us as we move forward this morning I want us to agree on two fundamental truths. And this is in your bulletin, I believe. Um, Even if we don't agree on other things. The first foundational truth is this. There are no perfect families. But there is a perfect God who desires to be in the middle of your family. We must not ignore God's desire to be involved in our families. The second foundational truth is that God loves your family just the way it is. But he also loves your family so much that he wants your family to be even better. So we're going to look at this this morning. We're all part of this family unit. So what do we do about it? How can we honor God and serve God within our families this morning? We're going to look at some practical ways. First of all, let's, let's look at some ways that we can honor God and serve him as a family. Here's the first one the first one is this don't compare your family to anyone else's okay some of us are really proud of our families some of us don't want you to know who our family is. okay that's just sort of the way things go at times let me tell you social media is here to stay I will say that it's not going anywhere and I like social media and the internet if it's used properly But let me tell you what I don't like. Okay, there are almost three billion Facebook users in the world. Three billion. That's a lot of people. And they always put their best foot forward on all of their posts. Do you ever notice this? Any of you on social media? Beautiful vacation pictures, right? They're living it, I'm dreaming it. That, that's what happens. Beautiful family pictures and new houses and new cars and the list goes on. And we think about church. We think about, man, you know, you, you have a lot of great families here, I'm sure. I don't know you uh, individually or as a family, but I'm sure that you are striving to serve God. But if you're like my family, I wonder what happens behind closed doors right? Even on the way here this morning. Now, we look at other people's families and we think, man, why can't my family be like that? Right? They look like they have it all together. But we have no idea what happened on the way here this morning as they came to church. Now, my mom was great at this one. Okay. My sister was older than me and she was perfect right and so anytime i'd get a chance to you know pick on my sister i did it and so we would be fighting getting out the door because we're going to be late and dad's like let's go and back then like there was a lot of aquanet hairspray being sprayed in my house okay so it was pretty wild and we finally get out the door and dad's irritated and mom's irritated and i just wanted to pick on my sister. And so we'd get in the car. We had an old VW Bug. You remember those? Right? And there wasn't much real estate in the back seat of that. And we had this line in the back that if I crossed over onto my sister's side, things got ugly. And if she crossed over on my side, things got ugly. So I figured this out. When we would go around turns, when we would go, I would slide across that seat and smash my sister up against the, she'd be like, mom, dad, and I'd be laughing. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Then we'd go around the other way, and wham, she'd slam me up against the side, and we were just, my dad, I will turn this car around. You've all all probably heard that. Or like, boy, when we get home, right? So we're fighting, we finally get to church, my dad's like, now listen, when we go in here, everybody behave. We're going to praise Jesus. <laughs> right? So we get out, we walk in, and my mom's still <laughs> walk in, the first person we see, my mom's like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, how'd she do that? Like two seconds ago she was yelling at me. And we put up this great front at church, right? this is the way it goes. Morning. Morning. How are you? Good. Good. Not much depth. Right? Not much depth. And we're really good at putting on the the good show. But what happens is when we compare, we're comparing things we know about our family to things we don't know about someone else's family. Right? What happens then? It leads to anger and disappointment and frustration. And if you allow that to happen in your family, it can create and divide between you and the rest of your family because you're always wishing you were different, wishing you were like so-and-so. And And it's a really dangerous place to be. Philippians chapter 4, verses 12-12. And 13 it says this I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so mine might be a little different than yours. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything, and I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through who? Christ, who gives me what? Strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Listen, guys, when we start comparing our families to others or even ourselves to others, we miss the value of ourselves. Here's the next one. Listen before you speak. Communication. Now, being a... Being in the ministry for so long, I had a lot of discussions over the years, and some of those discussions came from couples that were ready to divorce. And not one time did any of those couples say to me, Pastor Brad, we just communicate too much. (laughs) Right? No one ever said that. Normally, the start of the breakdown is communication. We just don't know each other anymore. Now, when Jesus was here on earth, he was fantastic at listening and observing the people around him. There are a lot of us who like to talk, right? Do you ever meet somebody that just likes to talk? Okay? If you haven't, it might be you. Okay? People like to talk. We all know someone like that. We love to hear our own names being spoken sometimes. And at times, especially when there's conflict in our families, we have a hard time turning off our mouths and turning on our ears. I had an aunt that used to tell me, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. (laughs) Okay? Listen twice as much. Even as we're listening, we're only listening for a break in the conversation for our chance to say something. We speak out of anger and frustration. And the dynamics of our families are damaged. And something very wrong happens to our spouses and children when our communication becomes angry. When James wrote his book in the New Testament, we hear him say this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. And slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Unfortunately, and I can really only speak for myself, for my experience, but sometimes we only apply this truth to some relationships, like our jobs or your buddies but we don't use it too well in our families. And that can be a problem. We need to apply it in all of our relationships, especially our relationships with our families, and immediate and extended families as well. Number three, we're just going to keep moving on here. Avoid revenge and learn to forgive. Families are not perfect. Sin is in the world. Every one of us are downstream from Adam and Eve. Okay, so to pretend or to have this thought that everybody I know should treat me like Jesus would treat me. Not going to happen. Because we're people. We are people. Quick to forgive your family members. Some of us hold grudges for decades. against our families or against our brothers and sisters, our moms and our dads. And we choose to blame them over seeking understanding and forgiveness. Jesus never sought revenge or held a grudge. And honestly, what is the point of holding a grudge? I mean, we really don't achieve any good by holding on to those things. All it does is trap us, and chain us down. And it makes ourselves and everyone around us miserable because you don't, people don't want to be around you because you are so angry and bitter. We've got to listen to the Spirit and allow Him to move us toward forgiving our families. One of the greatest antidotes for bitterness toward our families is to pray for them. And not that they would see their terrible ways. But to pray for them with love and respect. And ask the Lord to work miracles in our families. Seek restoration first, not revenge. One of the greatest antidotes, as I just said, was just pray. Pray for your family. One way we can begin healing and forgiveness is to choose to love. 1 Peter 4.8 says, The most, most important of all, continue to show deep love for others, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, what a great verse for our families. Right? We know that The family you're a part of is the one that God wants you to be in. The parents you have love you, even if their actions at times may not show that. Now, when when Renee and I decided to have kids, it didn't go like this, right? I'm looking out the window, I'm like, man, you know what? The grass needs mowed. We got a lot of dishes around here and the house needs cleaned up. Let's have kids. <laughs> Let's further our kingdom and have kids. Let's get some work done around here. It didn't go like that, right? And it was out of love, and that is the way that God created us too. It was out of love because he wanted that relationship. When you came into the world... Your parents did not ask God to put you back. At least I hope not. Your family has loved you from the beginning, even though you may not feel like it. They do deep down. Maybe some of the friction that you feel in your family is caused by mistakes or hurtful words from the past. My challenge to you is to do your best to look through the hurt and to seek to love unconditionally choose to love not to stir up more hurt you care about your family you desire to make things right in your family so you begin to pray for opportunities choose to love them even when it's hard remember remember this scripture from 1 Corinthians it's one we all we all know love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it's not proud it does not seek excuse me it does not dishonor others and it is not self-seeking it is not easily angered it keeps no record of wrongs love does not delight in evil But rejoices with the truth It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. In the Bible, it says that God is love, right? So what if we did it this way with that scripture? God is patient. God is kind. He does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. And he's not self-seeking. God is not easily angered, and he keeps no record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. It gives us a little different view of God's character, as well and we can do that wouldn't it be cool if our families were known for those attributes versus some of the other things we may be known for okay so that was a little heavy look next to someone and say i've got good news for you go ahead i've got good news are you ready for the good news all right we got one down here all right you can be The transitional generation in your family. Let me tell you what I don't want to happen in your family and the generation coming behind us. Turn in your copy of God's word to Judges chapter 2. Starting at verse 6, it says this After Joshua sent the people away, each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land that had been allocated at Timnath-serah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They have abandoned the Lord the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshiping the God of the people around them. They angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. Now, that scripture scares me. Are we one generation away from the generation that knows nothing about God? If you look at culture, we're kind of setting that up as a world, as a culture, as people. As the heads and leaders of our families, moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, uncles, adoptive parents, whatever your situation is, we've got to begin to continue to pass on the ways and knowledge of God. It would be really sad to read that about our families right now, about the generation that comes after us. Man, it doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. Things might be bad in your family right now, or you may feel like it's falling apart around you because of decisions that you or your family has made. But it doesn't mean it has to be that way in the future. I use the term trans transitional generation because the cycle of divorce in your family can be broken by you the cycle of dysfunction in your family can be broken through you cycle of abuse in your family can be broken through you the cycle of addiction in your family and the list goes on and you can make up your mind now to make decisions that honor the Lord with your family. Just because it was some way in the past or just because it's some way right now in this very moment doesn't mean it has to be that way in the future. God's got more for your family than those generational things. He wants you to thrive. He wants your family to be the one that passes on the good news of God and Jesus. You will not fall into the generational sins of your parents. But seek to honor God in every decision you make. Remember, being a transitional generation, if you decide you're going to do this, it's not easy. It takes a lot of prayer. And it takes a lot of dependent, dependence on the Lord. And allowing Him to do God things. To change people's hearts and minds. It takes a lot of work. But think about the future. Think about 30 years, 50 years from now. When your kids who have grown up in a godly home full of love and honor and you did your best, how awesome that would be. Now there's beauty and ugliness in free will. The beauty is we can choose to serve God. The ugly part is we can choose not to as well. If you make a choice now to be a transitional generation, your family does not have to be the way it is forever. And that's good news. One way that we can help our families is to surround ourselves with those right here in your church. That will help us grow in our relationship with God, but also with each other. And to be sure that our families are learning about and following God. I want to share one more scripture with you. If you turn to Deuteronomy, let's go there. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 4. And this this is called the Shema, right? This is what every good Jewish family would recite in their day. This is what it says. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This was all-encompassing. Every aspect of their lives was to be pointing others to Jesus and starting with their families. This portion of Scripture, though it was... Written for Israelites, is for us too. Look at this as not only mom and dad's responsibility, but ours as brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, whatever your role is in your family, begin to share God with your story keeping God at the center of everything that we do and every decision that we make. What does it look like when it comes to your family in Rhodes Grove Camp? I'll tell you. What I've seen happen over the years, kids would come to camp, God would speak to them, and God would move. And then these kids come back to your church or to their church. And they begin to make a difference right here. Our goal and our responsibility as the body of Christ is for those kids, we need to build them up. You want this church to last? You want it to keep going after we're all gone? Build up this next generation. Because we won't be here forever. It's just fact. Either Jesus will come back or we'll pass. But we need to do what we can in order to build up this next generation. Ask Angel, ask Silas what they experienced and any of the other kids that came this summer. Ask them their experience. They'll tell you. But we gotta ask them and get them involved in the local church body. And that's why... We exist. That's part of the reason we exist as Rhodes Grove Camp, is to strengthen churches. So I'm, I'm going to pray, and then I believe we have a closing song. So the, the worship team can come, and I will close us in prayer. Would you do me a favor and just stand with me as we pray? I would appreciate that. God, thank you for today, for this moment Lord, you are so good to us, and we thank you for all that you do and for the many ways that you change our lives, even as we stand here today. God, we all have things that we can do to improve the health, the spiritual health of our families, and it starts with us. So I pray, God, that you would give each of us divine inspiration on how we can make a difference. God, I pray that anything the enemy wants to do to get in the way or to disrupt this growth, that you would stop him. Lord, we know you can do all things. So we pray protection. I pray for this church, God, that you would show favor and blessing and prepare the way for them for generations to come. That Idaville UB Church would be known as a place that serves and loves you and has for generations. So Lord, we trust you, and we love you, and we we ask it all in your name, Jesus. Amen.